gospel reading for today is from Mark. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Ubathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again, he entered the synagogue and the man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who, with the, who had the withered hand, come forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath? To save life or to kill? But they were silent. He looked around at them with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against him. How to destroy him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God invented the weekend, and we made it better. That's how Old Testament scholar Ralph Jacobson describes the actual meaning of the Sabbath commandment. He cautions... About against reducing honor the Sabbath and keep it holy to something like worship and do nothing else. Worship and do nothing else has been tried. My father grew up in a family like that. They were a family that considered Sunday's Sabbaths and that Sabbaths were exclusively for worship. They went to worship Sunday mornings, sat and did things that no child wants to do all Sunday afternoon. And then went back to worship Sunday evenings. That's one way to do it. Especially if you want children to dread Sundays. Another way to do it is to treat Sundays as though they have a checklist. Turn on the crock pot. Or nowadays, pick out what restaurant you'll go to. Go to Sunday school, worship, get lunch, and then do whatever you want. Which often includes catching up on work. That's another way to do Sundays, the more common of the two. Neither, however, is in keeping with Jesus' teaching on the Sabbath. Jesus knew the purpose of the Sabbath. And for that matter, the Pharisees knew it as well. Jesus knew, they knew, God invented the weekend. A day per week to not work. We made it better at least for those who get to have two days a week to not work. Here's how it all got started. Imagine you were coming out of slavery. You had been making bricks for Pharaoh all day, every day for your entire life. Everyone you knew had been making bricks all day, every day for their entire life. All of your ancestors had been doing the same thing for the last 400 years. And then, all of a sudden, God, the Lord of the Sabbath, 
pulls you and your people out of slavery and tells you, you aren't going to do that anymore. You are not going to work one day each week. I took a day off when I created the world. It survived my resting. The world can spin without you also. The newly released slaves said, oh, God, you don't have to tell us twice. We'll start Friday night. Our kids can handle the work for us that day. No, God replied, your kids will have the day off too. Hmm. Okay, we can work with that. The slaves can take care of things, I guess. We've trained them well. No, you're not getting it. They're off too. And before you get more imaginative, the immigrants have the day off, the animals have the day off. It's not a break for those who've reached a certain status in society. It's my gift to all of my creation. You all get a day off each week. Which seemed like a good idea. Until Chick-fil-A took it literally. And then you're on your way back from Disney on Sunday and your kids keep seeing the signs and you keep having to explain why you can't go to Chick-fil-A on Sunday. I heard a country song once, or was it a rap? I can't tell anymore. (laughs) About Chick-fil-A being closed on Sundays. The verses were all about how tough life is and all the singer wanted to do to make life a little bit better was to have some Chick-fil-A on Sundays. But as he lamented again, again, it's closed on Sundays. I was in the room with someone affiliated with KFC when the last refrain ended, but it was closed on Sunday. He called out, but KFC's open. I talked to someone who knows a Chick-fil-A executive about their policy on that. It's, as you suspect, his the founder's Christian conviction that they should have a day off each week to honor Sundays. But he went on to say that some studies have shown there are some financial benefits to being closed. There's that pent-up demand which must make for long lines on Mondays at Chick-fil-A's. But also in worker satisfaction. It helps their workers' attitudes to know that one thing they can count on every week of their life is that they will not be working on Sundays. Can you count on not working on Sundays? Even if your employer doesn't expect you to work, are you allowing yourself a day off each week? God invented the weekend. Have you made it better or worse? Jesus knew the purpose of the Sabbath was to give us a break. We don't need to participate in the self-idolatry that says it won't get done if I don't do it, and if I don't do it now, it will be all the worse. We need space in our lives to not work, to clear our minds, use our bodies differently, interrupt the routine of the rest of the week, become more imaginative. Worship is a part of Sabbath-keeping, but it's not the only part of Sabbath-keeping. The Pharisees knew this. They knew the teachings as well as Jesus did. They understood that Sabbath is a gift from God. They also knew that God expected for the Sabbath to be observed, and when when the Israelites had failed to do so, it had always led to serious consequences. 
And so, like everything else in the law, the Pharisees sought to keep it as closely, as precisely as they possibly could. So the question became, what does it mean to not work? If we're to not work, what is forbidden? And then the answers started coming. Lots of them. Because the Bible doesn't say exactly what counts for work and what does not. Wisely so. Because if it did, we would focus on the letter of the law and not the spirit, rationalizing everything. We'd say something like, the Bible doesn't say I can't use power tools on the Sabbath. Perhaps because they had not thought of electricity when the Bible was written. But since it doesn't say it, I guess I can do it. The Bible kept it generic. Because the Bible is smarter than our loophole-loving selves. Or more accurately, than our loophole-loving bosses. The point is not whether you can use power tools or not on a Sunday. It's, It's if you're using them the rest of the week, do you have to use them on Sundays too? If you're not using them the rest of the week, maybe using power tools is relaxing for you on a Sunday afternoon. Are you getting the break God commands you to have? It's a question the Pharisees would ask. It's a question Jesus would ask because they want for us the same thing. They want for us the gift that God longs to give us, that break on Sundays or the Sabbaths. Where they disagree is where some Pharisees disagree with other Pharisees. It's all in the interpretation. And so the Pharisees watched Jesus to see what is his interpretation. What does he think about his disciples going along and plucking plucking off those grain heads and snacking on them on the Sabbath? Jesus interprets it loosely. He points to a story about David and his men being hungry and eating the bread of the presence, which is not ordinarily allowed. But is, I think, a strange precedent to point to. David was under attack. Starving, just trying to survive this moment in his life. He and his men needed something to sustain their very lives. The Pharisees could allow that break from custom for for those physical needs. The disciples weren't in physical need. They were just snacking. They could have waited. I think a better response, not that Jesus asked, would have been if Jesus said, It's work to spend the day reaping the grains. It's pleasure to casually grab a few grain heads throughout the day. The way we might say it's nice to pluck a few grapes off the vine and enjoy them, which is quite different than spending an entire day in a vineyard working. But Jesus didn't ask what I think the more logical defense is. He brought up David. It's as if he wanted David on their minds. With David on their minds, the Pharisees kept watching Jesus. They watched him in his synagogue as he invited a man with a withered hand to come over to him. There's no indication in the scriptures that the man asked to be healed that day. He probably knew how the rules were interpreted that one wouldn't do that on the Sabbath. If he even thought someone would heal him at that point in life after all. Jesus didn't wait. But he also didn't do much. 
He didn't touch the man as far as we know. He didn't require anything of the man. Jesus simply spoke, something that everyone would agree is allowable on the Sabbath. He told the man to stretch out his hand. And as he did so, it was healed. Having done so little on the Sabbath, the Pharisees had no way to condemn Jesus for what he did. So the question becomes, why did they, just 79 verses into Mark's gospel, begin plotting to destroy Jesus? Remember how Jesus brought David up? Well, if that wasn't bad enough, he made another comparison. When explaining that the Sabbath was made for humanity and not the other way around, Jesus added a little line in there. He said, quite clearly about himself, the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. The Pharisees could accept a debate over what constitutes work. Religious leaders disagree all the time. What they could not abide was a debate over whether Jesus was the new Messiah or worse, the Lord of the Sabbath, God among us. He did not meet their standards. His interpretations of the law were at best questionable to them. That he might be God incarnate was not even a question to consider. And yet the best indication in that moment that he was indeed God among them was that he sought life over law. A snack of grains. A withered hand healed. A reminder that God gave us the Sabbath to bless us, not to create another means of enslaving us. Jesus showed that he is the Lord of the Sabbath, the giver of life. A gift he's been longing to give us ever since. 